Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Rozeal, and my guest today is Randall Thompson. He's the founder of Dugout Mugs. I hope you got one for Christmas last year, because if you didn't, you're probably going to get one for Christmas this year, because they're awesome. Randall, as I said, founder of Dugout Mugs. They're a really, really cool mug. I mean, that's the best way I can say it. They're an awesome mug. They're made out of a baseball bat. They are engraved with your favorite team, your favorite player, so it was really interesting to listen to how he made it as far as he did. He played in the minor leagues for a little while in the Blue Jays system. He played college baseball. He coached college baseball. So his story was awesome. We had a wonderful conversation, and I'm excited for you guys and girls to hear it. Today's special guest, former baseball player, current founder of Dugout Mugs, Randall Thompson. How you doing today, man? I'm good. Doing great. How about doing you? Doing great. I'm doing good. great too. It's weird, but it's good. And we're gonna, like, as we said before, we're gonna roll with it. You're wearing a Nationals hat. Is uh, are you a Nationals fan? I'm just a bandwagoner. You know, okay. uh, whoever's winning, I'm uh, I'm rocking. I appreciate the, uh... the honesty, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I love baseball in general, and um, like I grew up a Braves fan. Then I uh, kind of fell in love with the Red Sox after I visited Fenway Park. Um, but just in general, just love baseball, and and whatever team's buying the most mugs is the team that I really love. So. <laughs> that's a good, yeah, that's true. I guess now it's all tied to uh, income and revenue. So however it's rocking, uh, you know, that's the team. And I guess yeah, with the Nationals just winning, I'm sure I'm sure you're a huge Astros fan a couple years ago. Um, you know, Red Sox, as you said already, Nationals. So hope, hopefully you'll be a Mets fan one of these days. That's what that's what I'm crossing my fingers for. I, I honestly believe that the Mets have a pretty good squad this year. It uh, it'll be interesting to see what what they can do. Like they're pitching a lot. Their lineups, mm-hmm. their lineups, somewhat stout, depending yeah. on what uh, what old Pete Alonso can do. But um, we'll see. Yeah, I, I like the Mets. Uh, I think that I think it's a good team to root for this year. It's a it's a good it's a terrible team to root for most years. Um, just mm-hmm. being an open, honest Mets fan. Um, most of the currency I deal in is hope. I'm sure as uh, you're very <laughs> aware of, um, just kind of being a baseball fan. And I, I was at the World Series actually uh, a couple years ago, 2015. I was at the game. Noah Syndergaard pitched 20 feet or 60 feet six inches. Uh, you know that whole thing. So that was a blast. I got to go to the one game they won at least. I guess so. That's something I got out of it. But that was an incredible run. And hopefully, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, I didn't think Pete Alonso was going to hit 50 home runs, even if it was a full 162. But um, you know, it's going to be a weird year. Hopefully, we get some sort of baseball. And you know, I don't care if it's shortened at all. As, as for the Mets win, I'm I'm going to be a happy camper. And again, you'll uh, you'll be wearing a Mets hat the next time I talk to you. How's that sound? Yep. That sounds like that sounds like a plan to me. Good stuff, man. Um, so, Randall, really excited to to have a conversation again today. Um, it is cool. Dugout mugs. I think it's awesome. I got one for Christmas. Uh, my cousin got a couple for Christmas, which is pretty funny. I'm a Mets fan. He's a Yankees fan. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was a really interesting idea. And, and thankfully, we have a mutual friend in Todd. And he said, "Hey, talk to my friend Randall. He's got a pretty cool story." So, um, the first question I'm supposed to ask not not about baseball, just about general. Um, on the for the love of sports podcast is Randall. Why do you love sports so much? 
Oh, I don't know. Um, it's just kind of an unexplainable, unexplainable love, I guess. Uh, you know, there's certain things that people are just born loving. I think some people are just destined to to do and love certain things. And, uh, I've always had this unexplainable love, uh, specifically with baseball, uh, no particular reason. Uh, my dad brought me out to like my first baseball field when I was four and, um, you know, it, it, he never had to twist my arm to be back out there. Never had to twist my arm to watch a baseball game. I, I grew up down the street from a from a high A baseball team uh, at Tinker Field in, in Orlando. They're not there anymore, but uh, you know, I just loved it. I don't, uh, you know, there's no explaining it. It's just, it's just, uh, you know, I don't know, just love it. Just no, something no, there, man. No explanation. Yeah, no. just something there. I get that honestly. Like, there, baseball is my favorite sport, um, hands down. Not even, not even a question. Obviously, uh, Sundays during the winter are pretty much just relegated to football, which is kind of fun too. So it's, um, yeah, sports are weird, man. I mean, I'm, I, I ride and die. My emotions move with my teams. So the Giants have sucked recently. The Mets are always going to be the Mets. So I'm usually. <laughs> kind of depressed but uh i still watch every game i don't know why i do it to myself it's something weird man i'm always going to continue to do it so as you said you uh you know baseball has kind of just been in your blood for most of your life it seems like obviously what um you know what what are your first you know couple memories of going to the game as you said you know hanging out with your dad playing catch hitting baseballs you know what what are some of those first ones that really started to stick with you yes some of like the the first memories i have is uh you know, T-ball, T-ball with my dad. I, I remember I had this coach that, uh, that just smoked heaters just 24 seven. And he's, he's trying to teach, <laughs> he's trying to teach us how to hit off a tee and there's like cigarette smoke, just a cloud of cigarette smoke in my face. And my dad's watching from afar. Like he grew up a, he grew up a baseball fan more, more specifically a football fan. So he's mm-hmm. not, you know, he wasn't a huge baseball guy. Uh, but for whatever reason I fell in love with the game. So he started getting really into it. Um, so, you know, after the, after the dude that's just puffing heaters in my face, he eventually got into coaching and he, you know, he grew up being my coach my whole life. And, uh, he got me to a certain point of, of understanding the game. And then I just took it to a whole nother level. Um, but yeah, I, I just remember, you know, the early days of just being with my dad, learning the game, he's learning it as I'm kind of learning it. Um, and then, you know, something that immediately pops up in my mind is, is playing catch in my front yard with not my dad, but with my grandma, which is, uh, which is kind of strange to think about now, but like my grandma would just throw a glove on and, and play catch with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just, uh, I feel like I just kind of just grew over time, just grew, uh, a stronger love for the game. Um, and yeah, my, my early years, I just, just was ate up with it. I love it, man. That's like that's a pretty funny story, your coach. Just I, I, I could see it too, like like real old timey. Like he just has a cigarette coming out of his mouth, trying to teach you how to hit a baseball. Like that is perfect. Um, and you're not like that much older than me, so like at that point, it, it had to have been a little like, what's going on here? Like, yeah. is this a good idea? You were like five, six years old. Um, that was very yeah. nice of your dad to kind of take over and just say like, hey, just for the health of the kids, but also the fact that I want to spend more time with my son. Uh, I think that was a pretty pretty smart decision on his part. Well, if we bring it full circle, I, when I got to college, um, Lee Stang, who, who was a guy that pitched for the Red Sox back in the 60s, he was our pitching coach in college. And he was just this, he, he's passed away just recently. But he was like this 70-year-old dude that was in the bullpen. And like before, 
you know, before I'd make a start during a game, he's just over there just banging heaters and Love it. and the bull and the bullpen like ah that, yeah keep that rhythm kid keep that rhythm. <laughs> and, and, and it's just like uh, you know full circle. I started started my career with some some dude just banging heaters while I'm trying to learn to hit off the tee, and then then Stanger just just smoking cigs in the bullpen. Uh, you know, it's, so I guess cigarettes has this this part of my life that I never yeah. knew until until we're just sitting here. That is too funny. Look at that. Yeah, we learn something new every day, even about ourselves, and that's that is awesome, man. Yeah, that is a that's a good one. I like that. I've not, I haven't heard of quite a story like that before. So uh, you know, full circle. Every time it is a flat circle, and especially I guess when it comes to uh, Randall Thompson and cigarettes, so that's always something pretty funny as well. So look at that, man. And yeah, I mean, I just I totally agree with you. It's actually funny. Uh, I used to play catch with my grandma all the time. Uh, my dad actually hates baseball. It's my mom. Uh, and th- that that subsequent grandma who would play catch with me, it was it was that side of the family, and they're all huge, huge Mets fans. And they pretty much wrote me in from a young age. I used to get made fun of all the time in middle school because I was a Mets fan, and uh, it was just it's just kind of something that I've learned to deal with. It, I feel like it's given me a lot thicker skin, um, kind of just getting made fun of and being depressed all the time. So as you said, you were you were in uh, you played baseball in college, Florida Institute of Technology, uh, D two, correct? Yeah, D2 yep. school. So what what is that recruiting process like going to a like I've heard stories of D1 schools and you know figuring all that out. What's the is the recruiting process that different when it comes to baseball in Division 2? I wasn't really recruited. Um what, what like what really happened was I I was kind of I was kind of a crappy player um and I didn't really start getting good at baseball until probably like the end of my junior year of high school i i played three years of junior varsity baseball and then my senior year i feel like it was just kind of like a courtesy like all right randall works hard let's ah, put him on the, on he's the a senior team. yep that's funny i remember uh, those kids they were all really yeah. nice guys but yeah the juniors <laughs> on junior varsity when i was like a freshman i was like what are you guys doing here it's like oh yeah. you guys suck okay it makes sense yeah that was me and you know you, you love the game and you kind of stick around and uh you know, fortunately for me, I, I stuck around long enough to figure out that I, uh, that I matured and I started to throw kind of hard. Um, and so, you know, I didn't have any offers or anything that, uh, this one D2 school, uh, Florida tag, uh, offered me a preferred walk-on spot. So, uh, you know, I made the decision that I was just going to hang it up. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to go play baseball at, at D2 school called Florida tech. Like, I don't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, you know, there was, there was this, uh, I, I made that decision. I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to play. This was after my senior year. And my, my dad kind of just sat down and got emotional and he was like, Hey, you know, like you work so hard you should, you should take this opportunity. And I'm like, no, I'm, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to do it. And, and so like, uh, that after that conversation, he got, he got, a. Uh, you know, he got emotional. I never see my dad get emotional. And, uh, I put my, my 99 Tahoe back in the day, I put it in reverse and I start backing out of the driveway. I go to the first stop center in our neighborhood and I'm like, eh, you know what? And I call the coach and I'm like, Hey, if the, if the spot's still available, I'll take it. And he's like, yeah, it's definitely available. Uh, so then I did a U-turn. I think I was going to a movie or something. I was 18 and, uh, pulled back in the driveway and I told my dad and my mom, and uh they both started crying so uh there there was no like there was no like uh anybody recruiting me hardcore or anything like that mm-hmm. i never i never lived that experience because i just wasn't good enough mm-hmm. it's still impressive though you had an opportunity to play in college i mean that as you said like yeah it's it's 
who wants to go play D2 baseball at Florida Tech? No offense to any of those dudes, but like, it's just one of those things where, yeah, at 18, like you want to go hang out with your friends. You know, you're not going to go play professional baseball, or at least you think you're not going to go play professional baseball. So what's the point? My brother actually played uh, division two and, you know, he said the same thing. He's like, it was fun, but I played a year of it. I'm, I'm good. I don't really need to do that anymore. I don't plan on being professional and the, the time commitment and everything that goes involved with it. Uh, it makes sense, but I'm I'm sure your parents were happy. I'm sure you were very happy. And again, you had that that great story of a uh, former Red Sox pitcher smoking cigarettes in the bullpen. So at the minimum, that story alone, it was worth it. Definitely, definitely worth it. It ended up, you know, it ended up being a great decision. I ended up loving my four years going there. Um, yeah, and just just overall, the the coaches and the, and the guys, like the best man at my wedding, is is from that uh, from Florida Tech. So it, it all. Yeah, it all shakes out. It all was worth it. Do you have any memorable games uh, from when you were there? Anything, anything that stands out um, playing playing wise? Um, you know, I, I guess I kind of look back. Um, the kind of kind of incredible is my I think my sophomore year. Um, two dudes that just stand out that were on the same well, three dudes that were on the same team at Nova Southeastern that we played up played against was jd martinez Whoa. went to no went to nova and then mike fires was also on that team who blew the whistle all right yeah yeah and, yep and then uh miles Mikolas, uh mm-hmm. who kind of who kind of came on the scene from japan not too long ago um but the, all three of those guys were on the same team and i kind of look back on it i'm like what the hell is going on here um <laughs> you know but nova nova does produce some studs mm-hmm. um but just a specific game you know, the only thing I can, uh, I guess I can, I can say that's kind of cool is we didn't, you know, we didn't go to a regional game and win a regional game for 16 years. And then, uh, we finally did. And, uh, you know, I was the winning pitcher in that, in that particular yeah. game. I'm not, you know, I'm not good at being like pumping my own tires, but that, you know, if I, if I look back on my mm-hmm. college career, I think that's a, a pretty cool moment. Yeah. I mean, 16 years, almost two decades where that school didn't have that much success. So then you're able to go in and, and at least be a part of it. You know, we know how the, the win in baseball has been, you know, it's, it's talked about. It is what it is. Look at Jacob deGrom. Um, don't have to win to be a great picture, but at the same time, it's kind of cool. You see your name right next to that W it's, it's can't, can't be a bad thing. So that is pretty cool. And yeah, man, that, that team must've been stacked. Did they just kill everybody? JD Martinez. I know he wasn't you know, what he is until he kind of recently, what, since after the Tigers pretty much just were like, or after the Astros, he was on the Astros. They said, no, Mike fires. Yeah. Uh, no hitter as well. If I'm not mistaken, that, that yeah. was incredible. And, and Michaelis, yeah, as you said, came on the scene after he went and hung out in Japan for a little while. So that team, uh, that team sounds stacked. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really good team. Nova always puts together a pretty good squad. Them and university of Tampa mm-hmm. always, always has a great team. That is impressive, man. And then so after after playing, you actually after after being at Florida Tech, you actually ended up in the Blue Jays farm system for a minute. Um, were you what? Do you remember what round you were drafted in? Were you undrafted? What what was that like? Yeah, I was an undrafted free agent. So uh, after my senior year, um, that which which was t- you know tough to, tough to kind of chew and swallow. Mm-hmm. It, um, when I when I got to college, everything kind of started piecing together. And, uh, I started getting really, really good. Um, and I started getting a, a, a ton of attention from scouts. Um, by the time I got to my junior year, uh, there was a pretty good chance that I was going to get drafted. And I guess, you know, who really knows how the draft works, but, mm-hmm. 
uh, somewhat decently high and I just completely, uh, crapped the bed. I, you know, I don't know if it was nerves or whatever it was, but I just didn't perform at all my junior year. Um, then I went off to, to pitch in summer ball, kind of messed my shoulder up a little bit. And then the ball just never really came out of my hand the same way my senior Mm -hmm. year. Um, so I went undrafted and just, just because I kind of strung together some successful years in college. Um, I got a call from, uh, from a guy with the Blue Jays organization, Matt O'Brien. And he said, Hey, you know, we have some roster spots. If you, this was about two weeks after the June draft said, uh, Hey, we got some, some roster spots. If you want to, if you want to fill them, uh, we, you know, we'd love to sign you. So I said, well, yeah, I was getting ready to go to Fargo, North, North Dakota or, or South Dakota. I don't know. Mm-hmm. One, one of the two for, yeah. for some ind- independent baseball. Mm-hmm. And, I was, and I was like, yeah, I'll take, you know, I'll take the, the two hour drive over to Dunedin rather than flying up to who knows where. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. So that's I'm awesome. With man. The that is pretty cool. I mean, getting paid did, again, did you ever think that there, that was, I mean, obviously, as you said, your junior year, uh, it, it unfortunately went a little South, but, that's got to be such a cool, even, you know, even I, I had a couple of friends that played independent ball and they're like, yeah, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I get paid to play baseball, man. Like, does it get any better than that? Yeah. The, so in the, in the moment I didn't appreciate it. Exactly. Um, yep. uh, and, and I guess I look back on it now having a business and I, and I realize how much time, energy, effort, uh, focus goes into just trying to get to a certain level of pay. Um, and then I look at a professional baseball side of things and though the pay is just like peanuts, I mean, it it is, it is crap. Um, the upside is just unbelievable. Uh, you know, what other profession can you put in a hard three or four years and then the minimum you're going to make is 600 grand a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't, you know, I I was a 22 year old kid. I didn't have enough, um, I didn't have enough sense to really look at it in that way at that, at that time. I was, I was so nearsighted. I just needed to zoom out. So whenever I'm kind of in my business now, I try to, to reflect back on those moments to say, mm-hmm. yo dude, you know, zoom out right now because like you're just too close to it. Um, so yeah, it, uh, it is a really tough lifestyle. You know, it's hard to explain it. Mm-hmm. it, it and here's the best way that I can put it is um, it 100% turns into a business once you, once you get to professional baseball. Um, and the, the best way that I, that I've heard it put is your whole entire life, you use the game of baseball to better yourself. And then when you get to professional baseball, the game uses you to better itself. And there's no better way of putting it. So it's, it, it, it's a really tough pill to swallow once you get to professional baseball and you realize that it's using you to better itself when it's been the inverse your whole entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you kind of like look at it and you're like, man, I don't even like baseball anymore. And that's kind of the point that I got to. And I said, and I kind of, you know, I did get released, but I was, lo- I was done long before I got released. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting way of putting it. I've never heard anybody quite say it like that before. Because uh, it's so true, right? You're doing, you're using baseball in whatever way you can, whether that's going to school, whether that's getting, you know, just kind of getting more friends or doing all these other things that you've kind of used baseball. And now, as you said, it kind of the inverse happens. And it's a quick change, right? It's not like it was a, a subtle change. It's okay, now you're in the minors. 
now baseball is going to use you to better itself. So that's, that's a really interesting way of putting it. I've never quite heard it like that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent true too. It, uh, uh, you grow up knowing the game in a certain way and it just, uh, it one eighties on you. Um, once you, once you sign a professional contract, yep. however, oh. <laughs> however, if you, if you sign for 3 million bucks, it's a different story. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. You, you, you and baseball are kind of using each other at that point. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got a gas check to come over that way. So like, nobody's really interested in, in number 74 Thompson. So, uh, it is what it is. I love it, man. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. And it's, it's still, it's still a cool story. I still think, you know, anybody that has the opportunity to play professionally, um, even for a year, I've had a few friends again, play independent ball. And they, they'd say like, as you, same thing as you said, like looking back on it, it's a lot cooler than it was in the moment. Um, and unfortunately you're 22 years old. I was dumb at 22. I mean, shoot, I was dumb at like 27 and I'm only 28 yeah. now, so I can only imagine, but it is still very impressive. And again, congratulations on that. Um, Thank you. after your, say that again. Yeah, I just said, thanks. Thank oh, you. Hey, no, thank you, sir. Um, thank you. with, uh, with, with that, after being released, as you said, uh, from the blue Jays, um, you were there for a little over a year. You ended up going back to Florida Institute of technology, uh, to actually be a pitching coach, right? That's kind of cool. Yeah. Back to your alma mater, hanging out there. You're smoking heaters in the bullpen now. <laughs> yeah, I learned from the late great Lee Stang on how to how to really be a great pitching coach. So I picked up smoking. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I'm kidding. No, I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, that that was a cool experience. Um, an experience that I quickly learned that I that coaching wasn't playing for me, mm-hmm. um, and I had like this just like undesirable itch to be creative in my profession. Um, and uh, that kind of translated over into the, the pitching coach side of things. I was doing things very unconventionally, like jazzercise on Saturday mornings and, <laughs> and, and, and stupid stuff, but like uh, stuff that I felt like uh, built built good team and mm-hmm. built b- built a nice uh, like just brotherhood in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I uh, uh, there was two things that I learned, or three things I learned about uh, coaching. Is one is it wasn't playing. Uh, Two, I wanted to be creative. Uh, I needed a creative outlet. And three, I wanted I wanted my own program. Mm-hmm. Uh, though, though I respect Coach B a lot, and it is his program. And ultimately, we're going to do whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it is that he wants to do. Um, but I, you know, I had my own ideas and I had my own concepts, and I ultimately wanted that freedom to do what I wanted to do. So the combination of those three things, I just I was just like, yeah, coaching, coaching's not for me. Um, but, but definitely, uh, definitely a, a fun, a fun time learned a lot, but mm-hmm. just, just wasn't, wasn't my Yeah. And, and again, you have to kind of learn that as you go, you'll never know if coaching's for you or not until you do it. Um, it does sound like you had some fun at least. So that's, that's at least interesting. Jazzercise Saturday morning, <laughs> make everybody dress up in like fluorescent leotards and everything as well. Yeah. Headbands were, were, yeah. uh, were mandatory. mandatory. Love yeah. it. Man. That is awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, but while while you were there is when you came up with the idea for dugout mugs, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Tell yeah. me that story. That's a good one. So in 2014, when I when I was coaching, maybe it might have been uh, just the start of the spring season. Um, who was who was my assistant coach when I was at Florida Tech? Uh, Merck was taking bats and using a handsaw. Uh, in the dugout and he was cutting wooden baseball bats in half. He, he used to create this thing called short bats. Um, and, uh, the, the general gist of, of it was you would swing pretty much the handle to, 
to really focus on the, the path mm-hmm. of, of your hands. But um, as he was cutting these, these things, uh, cutting the bats in half, uh, there was a bunch of loose bat barrels just laying around in the, in the dugout. And uh, yeah, I just, I, uh, I'm an, an idea guy already. So I, you know, I just look at it and examine it. And, you know, some bats have already a natural cupping to them. Mm-hmm. But, but I was just looking at this, this bat and I was like, I wonder if you could just keep going uh, with, this, with this hole and eventually turn it into a drinking mug. And, uh, you know, that was the thought. That's where, that's where the thought started was mm-hmm. Florida, Texas, Florida Texas dugout. And what, like, what actually made you continue? Because a lot of people have ideas like that, right? It's all in the execution. Where, did you then, like, go home and, like, like, buy, like, a wood carver and just start digging out the middle of it? Like, what, how did the, the actual process of creating these, the first mug, come about? Yeah, the first thing I did was just like any other idea I, ha- I have or had is I just threw it in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. And uh, what so so what ended up happening is after after um, the season ended, I ended up moving over to the other coast of Florida to take an internship with an ad agency. So that uh, that that creative itch is what brought me over there. I wanted mm-hmm. I wanted to work in advertising. Um, I when I got over there. Um, uh, uh, the the ad agency internship just fell apart. Like as I was walking up uh, up the stairs to the ad agency, there was like two people with uh, it almost felt like a movie. Like two people with boxes of their stuff just walking down. <laughs> oh, they goodness. were going they were going through a restructuring phase, um, which just uh, nobody you know nobody told me about when I took the internship. But essentially their restructuring phase was just to hire interns and for them to run their agency. And it was, a, it was a disaster. Um, so, uh, it worked for like two or three months. I, I was working at a, uh, at a taco place as a server during the nights and then working at this ad agency during the, during the afternoons, mornings and afternoons. And so I, I eventually said, man, this is, uh, I got fired from from being a server because I just <laughs> awful. I was just awful. And uh, <laughs> how are you and, bad at serving tacos? Like uh, I don't know. Oh I, man. Uh, well, so it, it was more of a sophisticated kind of. So okay. I want right. I want to call it I want to call it sophisticated because it, it, the place was called El Gallo Grande. So I, I guess that stands <laughs> for like <laughs> you know translate that yourself. Uh, but you know they wanted me to memorize like the specials and stuff, and I was just like you know I, I don't you know I don't know. I don't want to do that. Um, so I ended up getting fired from there and then the ad agency just fell apart. And, uh, my, my sister and who was her boyfriend now husband, uh, were living in St. Pete and they were renting me their, their, uh, their garage converted studio apartment. And it was like 400 bucks a month. At this point I had like literally maybe like 10 or 20 bucks. Like uh, I was just like done. I had no money. Didn't didn't have anything. And uh, a long story longer. Um, eventually, what what ends up happening is I get a call uh, to to get an opportunity to drive a, a delivery van for a paint company. And you know, at this point, when I have ten or twenty bucks in my account, I'm like, heck yeah, I want to drive a delivery van. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Best job ever. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah I can't wait. So. Uh, 
yeah, I, uh, I end up taking this job, um, driving this delivery van and, um, you know, kind of just, uh, I'm like, you know, I've had this idea that it seems simple enough to something that I could actually do. And so the, um, the, when I first started working, uh, driving the, driving the van, I get my paycheck, I buy a chop saw. I'm like in this 300 square foot apart, uh, like garage apartment. And, uh, yeah, you guys just trying to, trying to convert bat barrels into, into mugs. And, um, that's, that's where it all started is, uh, awesome. in my, in my sister's backyard. Well, Hey, thank you to your sister uh, and her husband for allowing you to live in their garage. That's pretty sweet. Um, for sure. But it- might have been a little messy. And also, I appreciate you saying long story longer because so many people say long story short after the story was already relatively long. <laughs> just make it longer. So I actually do really appreciate that. And I'm okay with it. I like long stories, so it's fine. I just wanted to point that out that, it, you know, it tells a little bit about a man's character when he's honest with himself. And <laughs> so I appreciate that. Um, that, is, that is a pretty pretty cool way of, of kind of, again, like almost falling back into it. Um, thankfully, you weren't very good at, memorizing specials thankfully the ad agency was ran by a bunch of idiots it sounds like because you can have <laughs> interns do everything that whoever thought that was a good idea hopefully is fired and is not doing that anymore um and then i guess so this is when you start actually like creating some of these mugs how do you then start etching the 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 logos onto everything how do you then even start selling the first couple like who who bought was it your sister or was it your sister's boyfriend at the time did he buy the first one like how what was that process and turning it from all right i created one now how do i turn this into a business yeah there was so many different checkpoints throughout the oh, of course. Th- throughout the process and um the, eventually it it got to um a laser engraver. So now we have a bed of, uh, now we have nine different laser engravers at our facility. Mm-hmm. Um, it initially started with one laser engraver in my living room. Uh, yeah. Eventually I moved out of my sister's backyard. Uh-huh. I moved, I moved into a, a, a place with one of my buddies from college uh, in St. Pete. And uh, we put a laser engraver in the living room and uh, yeah, we were engraving engraving mugs on uh in our living room fulfilling from our living room and uh for the most part um the sales were just generated i mean this was in 2016 mm-hmm. um and what i what i noticed what going on on facebook is like these ads and I, so i started like looking into facebook ads and uh yeah so for, for the most part the, the beginning stages of, of sales started from from facebook ads mm-hmm. well i think uh the one that i received was from an instagram ad so whatever you guys are doing uh you're still doing it very well because it's working and it was a great christmas present but awesome. um that is like that is really cool and just being able to kind of again like actually going through with it too right because again so many people have the idea i'm sure those first couple bats didn't turn into the best mugs i'm sure there was a couple splinters here and there that 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 kind of sucked but just actually you know continuing to go through with it and and bringing it to life i mean you said that was 2016 and you guys started making seven figures by 2017 so that is that's a huge jump from hey i'm in my living room i just found out about facebook ads to we have a million dollars in revenue. Like that's insane. Yeah. Well, um, there's a, there's a piece in there that, uh, yeah, please. I, I'm sure there was something missing in that puzzle. 
Yeah. So, um, what I know now versus what I know knew in 2016, obviously is, uh, leaps and bounds. Um, but I, I always had this, you know, this curiosity of, of, of learning more about selling things online. Um, because when I, well, right now, the circumstance that we're in right now, I mean, we're going to see this huge wave of people that want to know how to, how to sell things online. Um, but either way, I, I was just doing some research online and, uh, and I found this guy that, that sold bunches of millions of dollars on of t-shirts, uh, print on, print on demand mm-hmm. t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And so I just shot him a Facebook message and I said, yo, uh, you know, I'm trying to learn Facebook ads. Um, and he said, and this is what I'm doing. This is how much, how much sales I have. Uh, just trying to learn more. And he was at a conference in, in St. Pete at this time. And uh, like when I sent the message and I was living in St. Pete mm-hmm. and he's like, uh, why, why don't you, why don't you swing by for 20 minutes? Uh, I'll meet you in the, the bar lobby and we'll, we'll just talk about it. And I said, oh, okay, sweet. So, uh, and that's, that's now my, my business partner, mm-hmm. but the, but essentially he helped speed up the learning curve of things. Yeah. You know, that, that jump from 2016 to 2017, we, you know, we grew from $70,000 in sales to like 1.2 million in sales. And, you know, a lot of that had to do with like Chris, who's, who's my business partner, like, you know, pretty much just opening up my mind to the, to, to the realm of possibility and also how, how to navigate those seas of online sales Mm -hmm. that's incredible um quick math 1.13 million yeah that's a pretty that's a pretty giant jump um and you know in in a single year and shout out to him and and again isn't that crazy um i bet you didn't did, did you know he even lived in florida or was in the florida area i don't believe in coincidences so it it just happens because it happens but he just he was just in st pete at the same time you decided to message him just randomly yeah. kind of yeah yeah look at that yeah he he li- well he lived in tampa okay um, all right so either way it would have been a you know somewhat of a, uh, mm-hmm. a an easy drive but yeah, yeah it worked that's out. awesome man w- worked out perfectly and then when when did the like the major league baseball aspect of it when when did you bring this to the mlb milib um milb minor league baseball the players association like that i'm assuming is what also helped that significant just increase because you can't use their uh, team logos without licensing or that sounds like a pretty big legal problem. So when did, was that immediately out of the gate? You were, you can kind of just went to major league baseball. You said, Hey, I have this idea and you know, let's, let's figure out a way to do this. No. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Sounds good. We're kind of, um, we got, we got an MLB license in October. Uh, so the years are starting to fuse together for me. So I mm-hmm. might, these years might be okay. off, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was in October of 2018. Uh, it was right before like Chris, Christmas time, uh, 2018. So we went 20, 2017. We, um, we got an MLB PA license. So we had the rights to the players, names, mm-hmm. signatures, numbers. Uh, and we did really, really well with that. And, um, it's all kind of the same inner circle of, mm-hmm. of all those people working together. Uh, but we went to the winter meetings, uh, MLB winter meetings that were in Orlando in 2017. 
and we had something called the skyline series, which was a skyline of, of, uh, the particular city. And then all the players names made up, uh, the skyline. And, uh, we had our display and that was kind of our coming out party though. We went from, you know, 70,000 to 1.1, 1.2 million in sales. Um, that, that December winter meetings is kind of what kind of just pivoted mm-hmm. the, the whole ship. Like the ship started going in a certain direction. So when we were there, MLB major league baseball was there. They saw the mugs. They saw what we were doing, said that they were interested. Um, and that's where the conversation kind of got, mm-hmm. kind of got started. Mm-hmm. And so now you can be your, your license to all the major league baseball teams, all 30, you get, all the the players names and numbers and all that like what what did it do i guess for your business when you were able to start again you know utilizing those online advertisings to say hey mets fans get mm-hmm. this mets mug that's a baseball bat like how how much did that just completely explode the business it did yeah it it uh it twofold or multiple folds but two, i guess two main folds um we then uh, it then opened up opportunities for us to be sold in team stores at big league stadiums. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not before we were in two MLB stadiums with our PA license, which is really unheard of that not, not very many people get into MLB stadiums with a mm-hmm. PA license. Uh, but uh, we went from two to now 28. We still got two others. So Marlins and Yankees hit us up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Marlins, really? You're in Florida. They're really not gonna. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> who, Derek who Jeter, man. Derek come Jeter. On, come on, DJ. <laughs> um, yeah. So that w- that's one of the folds is that it opened up um, us to be in those big league stadiums. Still makes up a very small percentage of our revenue. But, but the eyeballs, right? But the eyeballs, the impressions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very important. And uh, the second part of it is exactly what you just alluded to is um, we're able to use the names. Uh, we're able to use the actual logos and that's where people, you know, they really start seeing the value. It's a mm-hmm. $59 mug, which is, you know, that's, that's, that's a highly priced mug. And Absolutely. you know, when, when I was first starting, everybody was like 59 bucks. Are you crazy? And I'm like, yeah, oh, maybe I am, but it, you know, it's working. Um, but really it's so much easier to, 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 to communicate the value, especially when it has an MLB logo mm-hmm. on there. So it, yeah, it's grown, it's grown our business a bunch. We've, we've nearly doubled every year since 2017. So it's, wow. it, yeah, it's doing, it's doing good for us. Congratulations, man. That is awesome. And again, yeah, I have one. Um, I love it. It's, it was so funny when I got it. It was just like, wait, now I get to drink out of this during baseball season. Now, unfortunately this year, baseball season is going to take a little while to get there, but I'm very excited. I still use it. Um, probably gonna probably gonna pour a beer into it tonight and and drink out of it but uh i do love it man i think it's a great idea and you also so you have the dugout mug when did you come up with the knob shot what um like was that just one time you cut the other half you're like what do we do with the other half of this baseball bat like how did that come about i don't know it just seemed uh so in the beginning uh my first thought for shot glasses was like just taking what the version of the mug but just like shrinking it up and then Mm -hmm. just like kind of like the top half of the bat like an inch or two and that'd be a shot class. And then I don't know, it was just kind of like a, a light, another light bulb moment. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, why, <laughs> why wouldn't we do this? Um, and uh, I don't remember the exact moment of 
of when I had the idea. Um, but I just remember when I, when I had the idea, it's just like, okay, that, that's obviously super, super obvious that we should be doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, I love but, it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, um, the, the, I remember the, the wine glass. I don't know if you've seen the wind up, but I was yeah, scrolling, yeah, through, yeah. Mm-hmm. scrolling through Facebook and I saw this ad for a, for a glove mallet. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a glove mallet or not, but mm-hmm. it's, it's essentially a mini baseball bat. And, uh, you know, you take, the, oh, yeah. you take like the handle and you hit, you hit it into your, into your glove, but there was a glove mallet just sitting, uh, on this ad on this table, like upwards, like the wind up does. And like, as I was scrolling, I like stopped in my tracks, my eyes got big and I was like, Oh my gosh, did somebody just do a mini baseball bat wine glass? And it was just a glove mallet. And I'm like, okay, well, deal. <laughs> yeah (laughs) yeah so that's uh, awesome man uh uh-huh yeah i just love i just love it especially because again you know you've loved baseball your whole life this isn't just like a you know some random guy investing it's like hey this is an idea that we can exploit baseball fans it's someone who's loved baseball someone that wanted to you know that was in it their whole life and thankfully was then able to find a way to continue to make money in it doing something really cool and again just spreading spreading the game i'm a huge fan of baseball i hate most of the stuff major league baseball does to try and market the game i mean obviously everything that we saw in spring training with everybody mic'd up with trevor bowers doing with all his um with momentum and trying to bring you know a little bit more of a voice to the fans or uh, to the the players and again you know anything to spread the game because it's my favorite and i want to see it around and i want to see the best players on planet earth playing it and it's just Again, I just think it's such a funny, funny concept. Um, I guess going back to the beginning a little bit, and again, just kind of like, you know, in, in your living room, etching in, you know, the lasers. And, and when, at what point were you like, holy crap, like this is, this isn't just like a little like, hey, you know, this is fun. Like this is something that we can turn into a legitimate business. Um, have you ever heard of Steiner Sports? Yeah, of course. I actually just had a, uh, Kelvin Kelvin Joseph on the show. Go listen to his episode um, a few weeks ago. He's a cool dude. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a listen to that. The, oh, no, I was uh, telling all the people here listening that they should go back and listen to that one if they didn't listen already. Sorry. No, I'll, uh, I'll listen. Yeah, I'll you listen can listen to well. it too. He's cool. He was the CMO <laughs> and the COO of Steiner Sports for like 10 years. He's a pretty cool dude. But yes, anyway, I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was listening to Brandon Steiner speak about something. And somebody asked him the question, um, a very similar question to what you just asked. And they're, you know, I don't know their exact revenue numbers, but I know they're pretty, they, they uh, I don't know the current, current circumstance of what's mm-hmm. going on there or not. Yeah, but uh, I think it was, uh, I, I think at one point, like a $90 million company or something like that. Um, and, they, and so they asked, they asked him uh, a very similar question to what you just asked me. And he's like, eh, still every day, I think we're going out mm-hmm. of business. Yep. Um, unfortunately, for some reason, that's kind of my default as well. I guess, unfortunately, but fortunately, um, it kind of what drives me forward and it kind of keeps me on my toes. I've, I've kind of learned, uh, I'm trying to learn the proper grip strength. You, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to squeeze it too tight, but you also don't want to let it too loose. Um, but, uh, you know, I really haven't had that thought yet. Um, that, wow, this could, this could be, <laughs> this could be my yeah. full-time job. This could be a business. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that though. I understand where you're coming from. Cause again, you know, if you like, that's where you came from, right? Like you started this and you just kept 
going with it. He never kind of stood back and was like, wow, you know, getting a deal with MLB to be in 28 different baseball stadiums is pretty darn cool. It's all right. Well, we need the Marlins and the Yankees. What are you guys doing? We don't have all 30 yet. So, I mean, that's, that's just an entrepreneur, right? That's just a person that understands that you never know. And again, in the, the climate we're in right now with everything going on, you know, hopefully you guys will be totally fine and, and everything will work out just well. Um, you know, hopefully this blows over in a couple of weeks and you got nothing to worry about. But at the same time, I can totally understand where you're coming from just on a regular and a normal day-to-day basis of we need to keep selling. You know, if you're not selling, you're, you're, you're dying right at that point. And, um, seems like you guys have been doing a pretty darn good job. If you're doubling every year uh, since 2017, you guys are doing something. You're doing something right. I hope you can at least acknowledge that. Yeah, I, th- I think there's areas of th- that we can get better, though. Of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, there's always, there, there always is. Of course, man. I know. I, it's, hard, it's hard for me. Like, um, so, so, and maybe this is something that's just been ingrained in me since uh, I was a kid, but uh, I remember distinctly growing up that like 13-0 blowout game, but it's in the fourth inning. Uh, you never celebrate a win too early. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's like as far as I'm concerned, like uh, if if this were to be viewed as a baseball game, you know, I would say we're probably like somewhere in the seventh inning stretch. If the ultimate uh, goal is to build it up to a certain level to sell to sell to somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that, you know, we still have plenty of ball game left. And, oh, yeah. and uh, I guess what I worry about is like, if I, I kind of reminisce on what's been done, it takes away from me doing what needs to be done in the moment. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, it m- might, sometimes it might hinder my growth or the growth of the company or my, my growth personally. Um, but it's just, it, it's, it's just what I feel like it has to be done in the moment. So that's mm-hmm. just what, I, what I'm doing. Yeah. It's the seventh inning. So now we have relief pitchers coming in. You don't know what the hell is going to happen. Maybe they're going to walk know. batters in a row, man. You just never know. You never know with those bridge guys. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Man. You just <laughs> never know. But, um, and so uh, just a couple more questions, man. This is awesome. Randall Thompson, really appreciate your time. Founder of Dugout Mugs. What, what are you guys doing to continue expanding? Right. So in the beginning, you got the MLB PA, and you got MLB, obviously, you know, we talked about uh, minor league baseball a little bit. Like what are, you have a couple different products. What are some of the things you guys are, you know, you're an idea guy. So like, maybe you don't give us all your secrets, but you know, what are, what are some of the things you guys are currently doing to just make sure you're continuing and expanding and not resting on your laurels? So um, we, we signed a, an agreement with the National Baseball Hall of Fame that gave us that licensing agreement. That's awesome. And, and uh, part part of the MLB agreement is that uh, we can't sell their uh, their products. This is this is for all licensees, but yeah. uh, can't sell their products on Amazon, um, which uh, obviously is one of the largest marketplaces in, in the world. Um, and so, what we're going to do is, uh, with the National Baseball Hall of Fame license and also the MLB PA license, we started something called the drinking model. Um, and it essentially looks like if you took an old school uh, baseball bat and you just chopped the barrel off, uh, it looks like that. So it has like that old school branding, but it, mm-hmm. instead, of, instead of it saying other companies' names, it says dugout mugs on there. And then like on the barrel, it has the signature of the, of the player, their name, and then drinking model underneath that. So the idea is like last year, we uh, Amazon made a, I mean, it was, we didn't, 
we didn't put any time, attention, energy, money into it. Uh, our plan for 2020 is to do that uh, and leverage our National Baseball Hall of Fame license alongside mm-hmm. our, our PA license and putting putting resources into that, I think has the capability of, of doubling our company again with, with, uh, I don't want to say with minimal effort because mm-hmm. obviously there's, there's a shit ton of effort that goes mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, just in general, putting, putting time and energy into Amazon, I think is going to be, is going to just help us grow substantially. Absolutely. And you can always throw a link down into your website. So if people wanted a Mets mug instead of a, you know, Mike Piazza Hall of Fame, right? They can kind of just pop over there and check it out. So I think, you know, that that could be absolutely huge. And yeah, every year there's Hall of Fame inductees, right? You know, this year you get Derek Jeter, uh, Larry Walker a couple of years ago, you know, you had Mariano Rivera going, you know, um, unanimous i think that's the word i'm looking for so i think that there is a huge huge opportunity there and i mean there's already a lot of guys in there and you could also i mean i don't know how much time you spend on twitter but all those you know like old old boss hoss or whatever and all those funny uh you know old old timey twitter accounts that are dedicated to some of these baseball players i'm sure i'm sure there's some fun stuff you guys can do there as well so um man this was awesome uh anything else anything else you guys are working on i mean i pretty much I, I pretty much asked all my questions. I don't know if there's anything else you want to leave us with any, um, any cigarette smoking tips or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. You want to go with marble. <laughs> Marble yeah. Reds. Yeah. Cowboy killers, baby. Let's get it. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, just, um, just in general, uh, baseball community, mm-hmm. lo- lo- love the baseball community. Want to help specifically, uh, baseball guys that are in the transition. I know how difficult it can be. Um, if anybody is in the transition listening to this podcast, I would encourage them to reach out to me. I'd love, I'd love to help them out. Um, I know that I would have loved for somebody to, to try to help me out in the transition. Um, so Randall at dugoutmugs.com is my email. Um, if, you know, if you're trying to figure, trying to figure it out of life after baseball, uh, please, please, please hit me up. I'd, I'd love to, love to help in any way I can. I appreciate that, man. Thank you uh, for letting people know that. I'll make sure to put all that in the show notes as well um, in case anybody is, uh, is is interested. So, yeah, man, Randall Thompson, founder of Dugout Mugs, uh, D2, D2 athlete, coach, Toronto Blue Jays farm system for a minute. Really appreciate your time today, man. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Randall Thompson. As I said, he was so much fun to talk to. His story is super inspiring and just incredible how it really happened and unfolded. I'm really grateful I got the opportunity to chat with him. So make sure to check out all the links in the show notes. That way you could understand a little bit more about the products they have and a little bit more about his story. And thank you so much. Uh, Please give us a five-star review on iTunes. That would be super, super helpful in helping us find some more people. And other than that, Thank you so much for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of, and I appreciate you giving me some of yours. So make it a wonderful day.